0: what's going on thunder fans you people are listening to topic thunder all right thunder fans i am very happy to be very happy to talk to you Uh, I have nobody to introduce tonight because I am doing my very first solo podcast. So this is exciting for me and a challenge and I'm glad we're all here together for it. Uh, the Thunder won. They beat the Clippers tonight by a final score of 128 to 110. The game did not look like it would turn out that way for a little bit, although certain of us were able to maintain faith throughout the game. Uh, so in the first quarter it was pretty obvious right off the bat that russ came out engaged and that probably has a lot to do with patrick beverly being on the other side of the ball he you know russ gets up for each and every game that patrick beverly is facing him i uh, it was pretty obvious from this from the get-go that the thunder had a policy in this game of no easy buckets they were defending the rim uh pretty hard and It led to a large amount of fouls in the first quarter. Uh, The the Clippers got into the penalty with about seven minutes left in that first quarter, which is not something that is going to make a game easy for a defense. It's going to lead to a lot of easy opportunities. And to the Thunder's credit, they kept playing hard the entire game on defense, but it, it, it's become clear early in this season that the Thunder's physical style is going to be a hindrance with all the new rules that the NBA have put in, but I honestly felt like the defense in that first quarter was actually pretty solid. Fouls aside, it, I thought all along that if the Thunder could just start to guard without fouling, like focus on not fouling, then they were actually playing really good defense. One other thing about the rules, though, is is you can kind of tell that the Thunder are aware of them on the other end. They're making a really concerted effort to attack the basket. Uh, Russell Westbrook was posting up at every opportunity, and he only ended up shooting three three-pointers in the game after shooting zero in the previous game. So I think it's pretty clear that the Thunder are going to be very aggressive attacking the basket this season, especially if these points of emphasis maintain. But as good as the Thunders' defense might have been in that first quarter, the Clippers made some tough shots and they shot a bunch of free throws. And the first quarter ended up 33-25. And that's when the bench came in to start the second quarter. And the bench unit was really impressive. They brought the game back to 36-34 to right off the bat. They were getting a bunch of steals. Hami was really impressive. Uh, Schroeder was running the break. Noel was active. And Alex Sabrinas was just all over the place. He he was playing really good defense on Lou Williams. Uh, he was getting strips. He hit a three. He got a charge called on him on a little floater he tried to do in the lane. And, I mean, if we're splitting hairs, he was probably starting his jumping motion before Harrell got into position for that charge. But it was a bang-bang play. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to give the refs too much grief about that play. Uh, but it, unfortunately, as soon as the starters came back in, kind of the same problems arose where the fouling happened and, and the Clippers just got to the line a ton. And they ended up shooting, they ended up scoring 67 points in the first half uh, with 24 free throw attempts, which, I mean, frankly, is a really good number for an entire game for an NBA team. So, like, the. The Thunder knew going into halftime that that was going to be a problem. And coming out of halftime, that was even even the report from Darko, the assistant coach, who said that it, not fouling is really going to be something that we have to focus on in the second half. And it really was. They came out making a clear effort not to foul. They were playing defense with their feet. They were playing defense with their hands, but not on the player, on the ball. And they got a bunch of steals. They got a steal from Grant. They got one from Terrence Ferguson. Uh, Paul George was all over the place. They got three-pointers from Russ, Grant, and I think two from Paul George. And then, like, the main thing that I noticed was Terrence Ferguson. And, and it it might not be that he was the most noticeable, but it was the fact that he was noticeable. It was kind of a shock. Um, as the new announcer said, this might have been the... The new announcer at one point said that this might have been the most impressive stretch of basketball that we've seen from the Thunder all season. And I just have to say, might have been is a stretch. It was absolutely the most impressive stretch that we've seen from the Thunder this season. They went on a twenty to nothing run against the Clippers and just really I mean, they they ended the third quarter thirty-nine to ten and allowing zero free throws in that quarter. So it was just honestly amazing. It was night and day between the first half and the second half. And their discipline on defense. And it just completely threw the Clippers for a loop the way the Thunder were able to to change the game like that. So with that 39-10 third quarter, the Thunder took the halftime deficit of 13 and turned it into a 16-point lead going into the fourth. And from then it was just about maintaining uh, the Clippers managed to cut the lead down to 13 multiple times during the game. There was one particular time where Lou Williams had gone on a little bit of a spurt. And then Russ just started feeding Steven Adams. He gave it to him in the pick and roll. He got three dunks and four possessions. And he should have scored on the other possession. And it kind of that, that was what kind of put the game out of reach. And then to try to pull it back in, the Clippers elected to go very small playing Danilo Gallinari, who was great in this game. Uh, He ended up with 27 points, but I believe 20 of those were in the first half. So he kind of cooled off in the second half, which was good to see. Um, But they were playing him at center, and he was trying to match up against Steven Adams. And in one of the most encouraging things I've seen for this team, the Thunder just fed Steven Adams in the post against him. And I mean, that's a clear mismatch, but... The fact that the Thunder saw that mismatch and made a legitimate point of giving the ball to Steven Adams and letting him take advantage is just huge. And it shows the amount of confidence they have in him. And it shows the amount of confidence that he needs to start to have in himself because he immediately backed Gallo down, did a nice little spin move, got a layup. The second time the Clippers brought a double team over And he threw a little hook pass to Jeremy Grant for the easy dunk. And then the third time, he drew a quick foul off Gallinari. And then I think the Clippers bailed away from that plan. So it's something that it's an advantage that the Thunder could have over lineups like death lineups, like the Warriors might want to play. If Adams can just abuse smaller players and force them out of those lineups, then that's something that could be very useful for the Thunder moving forward. Uh, But after that, it just kind of came down to getting stops here and there. Russ had some nice plays on defense. Ferguson, again, showed up in the second half just to be noticeable. Grant got a steal. Uh, Paul George, again, was just all over the place. And then there was one particularly awesome play where Ferguson got a steal, which was actually pretty cool. He, like, jumped over the guy and grabbed it from behind him and then ran all the way down and fed Russ on an alley-oop. That was really the icing on the cake. And somehow, I've gone this entire time without mentioning Paul George on offense, which, isn't it really nice for Thunder fans to get back to having the guy who just shows up, puts up a quiet 32 points that you don't even really notice, and then goes home? Like, we got so spoiled having that guy with Kevin Durant. You just look at the box score after the game and be like, oh, KD had 32 points? I didn't even notice. Like, I guess he played pretty good. I didn't even realize. Well, that's how Paul George was tonight. He just showed up. He knocked down jumpers. He was absolutely feeling it. And just fadeaways, post-ups. Avery Bradley was just not big enough to contend with him. And Paul George absolutely knew it. Uh, Bradley trying to be aggressive, I fouled him on at least two jumpers in the post, in the mid post, and it just really, they they didn't, they didn't don't have the perfect matchup for Paul George, they're a little undersized on the wings, Tobias Harris can't do it, uh, Tobias Harris actually was also pretty good in this game with 15 points on 14 shots, which is pretty good, but it's absolutely not as good as he was last time. Jeremy Grant did a pretty good job on him after committing some silly fouls in the first half but yeah back to Paul George I mean he was he was just remarkable he he he's so silky smooth that he just kind of slides under the radar and it's so nice to have a guy with that quality so with that said I mean after, after the Thunder kind of built that lead and then fought off the attempted resurgence of the Clippers and batten down the hatches and, and just managed to get enough stops. They were able to bring the reserves in with about three or four minutes left, and they kind of held on to the lead. I don't think we saw the same kind of slippage that we did um, in the last game against the Suns. Schroeder was pretty good in this game. He ended up with 15 points on 13 shots, which I don't don't know off the top of my head, but that, that might be the first time this regular season where he's put up more points than field goal attempts, which as a team who had Carmelo Anthony on it last season is really nice to see out of your six man. Steven Adams, who again was great on both ends, had 18 points and 10 rebounds. He also added three steals a block and two assists. So really filled up the stat sheet. Uh, Paul George ended up with 32, 12 rebounds, four assists and two blocks. Russ ended up with 32, nine and four. Three steals in a block. We were just blocking all sorts of shots. Got six blocks uh, between everybody. And then Patrick Patterson had his second dunk of the season in as many games. So after having zero dunks last season, my preseason prediction for Patrick Patterson has really started to come true. It It was really great. The whole team was standing up holding the two signs. And speaking of things the whole team was doing, when Russ backed down... Patrick Beverly on a couple of post ups. He started doing this rock the baby thing, and I have no idea what it means, but by the end of the game, the entire bench was doing it, and I think I love it. So I hope that keeps up. Let's hope that the next game we have enough good plays to where we can keep rocking the baby all game long. So with that said, I'm going to talk about my favorite unit for the game in We're Supposed to Be a Unit! So, if you would have talked to me at halftime, I think it would have been pretty clear that the unit that I was going to put forward in this segment would have been that bench unit, which is Schroeder, Abrinas, Hami, Patrick Patterson, and Nerland's Noel. Uh, They were excellent in kind of keeping the Thunder within striking distance in in the second quarter. And... I th- I think without that performance by them, I, th- I think the intensity really was lifted by that group. And we saw that we needed to play fast, which is something we really did starting in the third quarter. And I think they really shifted the game. Uh, just a quick note on that lineup. Nerlens Noel managed to foul out in nine minutes after managing to foul out in 13 minutes in the game before this last renaissance for Noel. So... Although we've all been talking about Steven Adams' trade options, hopefully we've only been talking about options for him in exchange for an all-star, because I think it's pretty clear that that Noel game could end up being an outlier. So if we're going to talk about Adams' trade options, let's make sure that we're not overreacting to that Noel game. Let's just make sure that we're trying to gauge Adams' value, which is, I think, a superstar wing or nothing. So, having said how awesome that lineup was, the actual lineup that's going to win this game for me is the starters. And I think that's the first time we've been able to say that all season. The unit of Russ Ferguson, Paul George, Jeremy Grant, and Steven Adams really lit it up. And, I mean, that third quarter is the story of the game They again, went... 39 to 10 in the quarter obviously just really dominated on both ends grant was great paul george came out knocking down shots russ made a corner three ferguson was being noticeable and adams was just being solid on both ends and i i think if we're gonna anoint a unit for this game the starters get the nod so moving on to the next little chunk we're going to give the oscar for player of the game What does that mean? Do I get, do I get anything? Did I win? <laughs> do I get a bonus? <laughs> <laughs> that will be sick. Yeah, just, I don't know. Seems dumb. <laughs> it does. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations, Russell Westbrook. Uh, we're probably going to be giving this honor to him most of the games throughout this season, but he was just really dominant in this game, and he really bent the game to his will. Uh, he was He was 32 points. On over 50% shooting, again, 9 assists, 4 rebounds, 3 steals, 1 block, only 3 turnovers, so that's a 3-to-1 assist-to-turnover ratio, in 34 minutes, so he he got almost a full night of work in, um, as did Paul George, but man, like he just really controlled the game, and, and the way when the game got down to 13 points, and you just could hear him on the broadcast yelling, hey, Steve-O, and just calling out, like, we're going to you over and over, and they just demolished them. Like, they they could not stop that pick and roll. And Adams dunked on Boban. He dunked near Boban. He dunked around Boban. And Boban just couldn't keep up with his speed. And, and Stephen Adams is maybe one of the only players in the league that can counter Boban's physicality. So Russ's ability to identify that really kind of maintained the lead for the Thunder in... In the fourth quarter. And one of the most impressive things, though, honestly, that I saw out of Russ was late in the fourth. Patrick Beverly, Patrick Beverly, man, there was a loose ball right around the area of Russ, and he dove right at his knees. And he ended up getting a flagrant foul, but before that happened, Russ kind of chased him over to the bench and was jawing at him, and they were talking to each other. And, man, as much as, like, as much as Patrick Beverly will make a play where he fights off a larger player under the basket and really makes me admire him. Then he goes and does something like that. And if Russ just hadn't picked his leg up in time, like it could have been the exact same injury as it was, you know, the other time. So the most impressive thing I saw out of Russ, I think, was the fact that after that, Rather than get in his head and and decide that he had to dominate Patrick Beverly for the rest of the game, he managed to keep sticking with the game plan and to really put the lead away rather than making it all about him versus Beverly. So for that, more than for his stats, congratulations, Russell Westbrook, player of the game. What does that mean? Do I get get anything? Do I win? (laughs) I get a bonus. (laughs) That'll be sick. I don't know. Seems dumb. It does. Whatever. All right. And so, just to close out here, we're going to do a little forecast for the Thunders' next game, which is going to be on Thursday at Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte is coming into this game four of eight on the season, which is a little better than people expected them to be. They just beat the Heat tonight, actually. 125 to 113 uh tony parker's been pretty good this year for them kimball walker is obviously their bell cow and he he's been just just so aggressive this season and if they're gonna if they're gonna make any noise it's gonna be kimball walker so we're gonna need russell westbrook and maybe dennis Schroeder to really step up and claim that defensive assignment Hornets, as opposed to other years, and and maybe this won't turn out to be the case. But at this point in the season, they look like they might not be the pushovers that people expected. So we're really going to have to bring our A game for that one. And I mean, look, we've got a little win streak going. I mean, two is two a win streak. We've got at least a little uh, win line segment going. So let's hope we can extend that segment to three game streak, and and keep it rolling because the team is starting to play better. And I think things are looking up because shots are falling. Uh, free throws are starting to fall the defense. It looked like figured out some stuff tonight. I mean, the Clippers had scored 133 and 132 points in the last two games. So to be able to hold them down to 110, I think was a real achievement. And we'll try to see if any of the lessons we learned in this game can carry on. So thanks for listening to this episode of topic thunder. I. Uh, Again, first time hosting solo, so I hope I did a good job. Uh, come back and see us on Thursday. Uh, we just dropped our weekly preview last night, so you can check that out. There's still a lot of relevant information in that. But for now, that's all for me. You can find us at OKC Topic Thunder on Twitter. You can find us on thunderousintentions.com, on nowthatsthunderbasketball.com. Uh, iTunes. If you're finding us on iTunes, please subscribe and rate us five stars and leave us a positive review there. That'll make a big difference to us. You can find us also on Stitcher, Spotify, and literally wherever else you get your podcasts. So, thunder up!